Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and seeing as how Independence Day was just the other day, the rest of you imperialist treason not no not, not treasonous because we were the treasonous ones technically um imperialist loyalist bastards that's the word i'm looking for loyalist you know loyal to the crown and whatnot suck it england hope you had fun at work on the fourth anyways it is eat sleep podcast repeat fm 99 of the fox's first and only wrestling podcast i am sean hood that's dave taylor wow usa it's USA. right we're going for the cheap pops in this one <laughs> uh it is uh d- the, our most recent episode after independence day so you know we're all over here covered in our red white and blue and just uh, all feeling all sorts of american today uh and we're uh, harnessing our inner hacksaw jim duggan yeah those were the things that saved this mattress from being complete border. oh without a doubt yeah. oh yeah you Say, of course. Oh my God. Because otherwise, why? Yeah. Uh, again, we are the first and only <laughs> wrestling podcast. You can find us lots of different places fm99.com and 1069thefox.com. Right under the media tab, it says ESPR. That'll link you to our most recent episodes. And you can uh, go to our SoundCloud where we have all of our episodes or go to your major podcasting apps and search ESPR Wrestling and we'll come right up. Give us a subscription. Click on the subscribe button, follow whatever it is they happen to use. And then give us a five star rating and a review. We would appreciate it. It would make us feel just dandy. Five stars. That's right. Um, and then on to, it'd be American of you, very patriotic of you to give us a five-star rating <laughs> and a review. And then uh, on top of that, you can stay Tough in touch guy. with us lots of ways. Uh, ESPR at FM99.com. If you want to shoot us an email or something we need to know, you need to ask us. On the Twitter, at ESPR99 and Facebook.com slash ESPR99. It's that easy. So without a doubt, or without a doubt, without further ado, <laughs> if you will, uh, we'll go ahead and dive right into things this week. we got lots to talk about. Beginning of the show, going to be a little heavier on my thoughts than Dave because, well, he didn't watch it, nope. uh, even though it was free. Um, it was? It was free. It was streamed live on Bleacher Report for free. In any event, AEW's Fighter Fest, we'll get right into that. How did I not know? I don't know. It was everywhere. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, you know, I, I, it's always weird doing this because I know Dave puts beds here and I don't know where they are or where the cues are, so I don't want to talk over them, but whatever. It's it's. It sounds great, Dave. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, Fighter Fest happened. AEW's technically second show, not as big as you know, Double or Nothing or All Out's going to be, but technically their second show under that banner, uh, Fighter Fest. And Dave has the lineup in front of him. Uh, full discretion, I didn't wear disclosure. I didn't watch the pre-show for it, and from what I understand, I didn't miss much. So it's okay that I didn't watch. Yeah, the pre-show. I mean, had the best friends beating uh, SoCal uncensored. Well, party. apparently, the pre-show was very heavy on comedy wrestling. Uh, uh, Allie, Levy Bates, and, and my... See, I love Allie. I love Allie yeah. so much. <laughs> I want to see more of her. Uh, Leva Bates is great as well. She's She was all blue pants. Yeah. That's so, right. Oh, that's man. Right. Blue pants. By, uh, right. I felt like they missed the ball on that one. They did. Uh, all right. So we'll get to the show. Uh, Seema defeating Christopher Daniels to open up the match. And this was the shortest match on the card, by the way, on the main show, coming in just under 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, it was the, it, what's funny is I, the shortest match on the show is just under 10 minutes and, you know, normally you'd look at something like that and go, oh, that's, that's the, sh- oh wait, that's the shortest match. Yeah, that's the shortest. Uh, yeah. shoot, especially if you're watching Monday Night Raw these days, but, uh, it was a good match. It was a straightforward match. Uh, I mean, they both looked good, but it was, it Seema is the guy who's going to be facing Kenny Omega at Fight for the Fallen in a couple of weeks. So he needed to win here. Uh, not that Christopher Daniels doesn't deserve to win and look good, but he did look good. He just didn't pick up the win. So Seema, good match. Uh, good way to start things off. Yeah. And then he had a, a three-way. Uh, Go ahead. Do these names, Dave. I'm right. daring you. Raiho, uh, Yuka Sakazaki, and Nyla Rose. And you know what? That's not as bad as I expected <laughs> it to be. I'll give you credit. Um, again, another really impressive match. Uh, lots of fun. It, 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 <sighs> 
one of my favorite things about AEW right now is the broadcast team because they do such a good job with telling stories. I mean, that's one of the things with JR being in there. He's good at that. Yes, yes. I'll give and you I that. feel like he's he's complimenting the other two guys very, very well. And they did a great job of explaining how Nyla Rose was kind of her own her own worst enemy in the match. You know what I mean? Um, she kept like like pro- posing and, and show, but you know, just a little much. Yeah. And that was the message they were trying to send home that Nyla Rose could be dominant if she would just focus. And that ended up costing her, of course, and uh, uh, she ends up losing the match. So I think it's I think it's if if I heard this correctly, I'm I'm not as familiar with some of these people too. I believe it's Riho. Riho, okay, but yeah. uh, she I was believe, the winner, yeah. yeah, Riho picked up the win in. Uh, I'm guesstimating here. It was more than ten minutes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, well, twelve and a half. Twelve and a half. Okay, that was my next guess. <laughs> but uh, good match. Good, good three way match. I yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, good. Uh, Adam Page uh, defeating Jimmy Havoc, Jungle Boy with Luchasaurus and MJF. Why is Luchasaurus not wrestling? Well, he was with he was with Jungle, Jungle Boy. Boy. I guess they're you know pairing or something like that yeah. there. Um, and they're fun to watch, by the way. Man, everybody in this looked really, really good. But I'm going to say this: uh, Hangman Page looked good coming out of this. But the guy who looked the best was MJF. He came out of that looking like a stud. Like I'm so when I first saw him at their press, their big press release yeah, thing yeah, when that, they announced that, that's everything. That's been your guy for a while. I know. Well, that. I saw him and he came across as a good heel. But looking at him, I'm like, he doesn't have a look. Like, he doesn't really grab me when I see him or anything like that. But finally getting to see the guy perform a few times, I'm like, oh, no, this guy's got it. Like, this guy's, he's on another level as far as heels go. He's not, I heard JR explain this on his podcast one day about, I don't remember who he's talking about, but this is the perfect description. He's not playing a heel, he's a heel. Yeah. He's not trying to get you to just buy his merch and, you know, something like He's trying to get you to hate him. And he doesn't care when people get up mad at him or don't cheer for him or whatever. He's fine with it because that's his job. Um, I think he was talking to Conrad Thompson, and Conrad was talking about what a D the guy is. And <laughs> and JR was like, that's probably the best compliment you could give him is that he's a D because that means he's doing his job well. And I, MJF just continues to impress me. Adam Page, of course, logical win here. He picks it up. Uh, just a fun match to watch overall. All right, one that was a, a bit controversial in this match. Oh uh, yeah, um, and, and I know I know, that, and it was had a lot of comments on, on our Facebook page. Cody Rhodes, Darby Allen, a, a time limit draw. When's the last time we've had a time limit draw in anything? No kidding, right? Well, that's something yeah. they're instituting again is time limit draws, and that was something. I mean, like Dusty was a booker in you know NWA, WCW, stuff like that, and he was familiar with that finish. Yeah, because it's how you protect guys. That's one of the complaints people have had about removing that from WWE matches is because there is no sense of urgency through a lot of them. No, and on top of which, by just getting rid of the time limit draw you've completely eliminated a finish you just can't use that finish yeah you know so it's just a bad idea i i like it and now i i think i should say this wwe's established their products so they found other ways around it and they've done their own thing and that's fine but it is nice to see a company that includes it as a finish as well now did they did this because one thing that they did like in wcw or sometimes nwa which was like mm-hmm. telegraphing the finishes i think be like two minutes remaining in the match well they do the they do that but they do that in all the matches they did that in one of the previous ones i can't remember they was said it, like time you know, limit? Okay. yeah they'd give you like you know 10 minutes have elapsed 10 minutes remaining or something like that or okay okay they I, would I, do I, that so that you knew there's a time limit and okay. everything but they don't they don't only do it for the one match okay you know well, I, I get, but the, okay i didn't know if they did that for this one or not yeah yeah, so, you, okay. you did hear it at one point. Okay. And right. it did seem like that's where it was going, but then like it wasn't sure because Cody hits his finisher right at the end yeah, with like three that. seconds to go. He goes for the cover. They actually 
sometimes it's a little bit of a stretch to make it work with the cutoff yeah. when they do these time limit draw type things in like um, beat the clock matches and whatever. These guys timed this perfectly. And I'm going to tell you right away, Darby Allen, that guy is, he takes some punishment, like a beating in matches and keeps on coming. Like he's got a great underdog uh, thing going about him. But he's also in a weird way, also easy to root against at the same time. Yeah. Um, Darby Allen, uh, by the way, one of the luckiest SOBs walking the planet because he's married to Priscilla Kelly. Uh, that son of a... But in any event, the match was really entertaining. They did a good job early on of this guy using speed and technician uh, technical wrestling to keep Cody off his uh, off his game. Then Cody gets the upper hand, and Cody's dominating through most of the match. And this guy's getting ho- it was weird to see the reversal of the hope spot thing, right? And he ended up respecting both guys. The match ends, time limit draw. Ch- fans are chanting for five more minutes. Even Cody's looking around, seems to be saying he wants five more minutes or something like that. And then all of a sudden, Sean Spears is in the ring, and he's got a chair in his hands. And you're like, oh, okay, I kind of see what's happening here. Except that I didn't see what was happening here coming. Um, Sean Spears swings and cracks Cody in the side of the head with this thing, uh, unprotected as far as no hands up or anything like that. And Cody ends up with a horrible gash in the back of his head as a result. Now, Tony Khan and the Young Bucks spoke afterwards to press and whatnot, and they said that the chair was gimmicked. It was meant to like give away or something like that, and it did technically. The piece of the chair that the flat part of the chair where you see most of the contact being made all the time was gimmicked and worked properly. But the problem was when he hit Cody, it wrapped around his head, and the the backrest part of the chair hit Cody in the side of the, in the back of the head, and that's what caused the gash. So luckily, Cody seemed to get out of there with some stitches or staples and no concussion, thankfully. Yeah. But I was really disappointed to see that spot. That spot, they're just unnecessary. We found ways around this. And my thing is, if you're gonna, if you know that it's dangerous that you have to gimmick part of the chair, then gimmick the whole chair. Yeah. Or, or don't do it. Or don't do it. That's another great you, idea. Yeah, because you think of uh, guitar shots back in the day of Honky Talk Man, mm-hmm. uh, and some of those guys took head shots. But mm-hmm. over time now, it's it's it's, it's in the back. That's it. Yeah, it's you just know. it's a risk you don't need anymore. Uh, JR it's, made a case for never using chairs again. Yeah. He was like, because at this point, the chair shots don't mean anything because everybody gets hit across the back yep. and nobody gets beat with that. No. And he said, so why are we doing it? And, you know, so Good that's point. where I'm at. But I'm just, if they're going to do it, you need to be more, you need to take, this is clearly a, a trial and error here. I was, I, I both admire their their creativity to try and get around it so they're not putting people in danger, and at the same time, it's like, uh, you, you, unfortunate mistakes like this are what are going to cost you. So if you're going to do it again, I hope you take it a step further to be more careful. I just don't understand why not just put the hands up. I know it doesn't look quite as good, yeah, but at least but, give me that. That could have protected Cody from getting yeah, some, some sort of block we would yeah. see over time. And, and here's the thing. If, if Cody gets concussed... Oh, they're in trouble. They're, they're, they're in trouble. They're in a I, lot to, to, of trouble. In many ways, because people are going to be like, well, why would you do that? And then secondly, you know, if, if he's going to run things, you know, people are going to call him the question of, um, you know, well, he, he can't be wrestling or he can't do this or that. And Agreed. Uh, you know, do they have do they have protocol in place like the WWE? They absolutely they have to have something. He I mean, he got uh, he was checked while the show was still going on yeah, for yeah. I mean, so clearly they had to have done something. And I mean, they're owned by an NFL owner. They have to know better than this. Yeah, yeah. You know, so with any event, again, they tried to give me the chair. I'm not going to I'm not going to scream for their heads yet, but uh I don't want to continue to see un- unprotected chair shots to the head. Um, unless, like I said, unless you're going to gimmick the whole chair, yeah. In which case, then it becomes almost, you know, why? Uh, if you're going to do these things, just throw the hands up and make it 
a little more safe, please. Hit the hands, not yeah, the head. Yeah, I, 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 I will suspend my, I will suspend my disbelief. Well, you know, <laughs> the Rock used to take shots to the head like that all the time. He put, I don't think the Rock ever just took a shot to the head. I think he always put his hands up. I think, yeah, I, I think I, he I'm trying to always think put yeah. his hands up. Yeah. And I could be wrong. Somebody will send us a video of him yeah, taking a full shot to yeah, the head. Because he, he was one of uh, delivering a few chair shots. Oh, he was. <laughs> but he was also like the first one I really noticed taking the pedigree that would have to get his arms let go early so yeah. he could put his hands down ahead of time. And, you know, it's funny. Is I used to joke him about that. But now looking back on him, I'm like, no, he was smarter than <laughs> everybody else. This guy didn't want to risk concussions and whatnot. Good for him. Yeah. Um, so just go that route if you're going to do these gimmick chairs. So that way at least you can stay doubly safe. Do you, but do you the th- match itself was very good. I, mean, I know they took criticism, and, and, and so where I was still in this match, I'm going to ask this. The, the fans who who want the PG-13 you know, 13 to be back and all this stuff, is this the kind of thing that like satisfies them, or, or should common sense really come into play here? I do think most people, most people seem to react negatively to it. Even the people who prefer an edgier product seem to be in this day and age not fans. Now there are the diehards who just have to be contrarian about everything and uh, like i i said something on twitter after this happened i was like i don't want to see these become a part of aew i'm rooting for aew i don't want to see this become part of the regular formula and i got a bunch of likes people were replying and agreed and this that and the other thing and then one or two people who replied in the in the negative and so i don't think the vast majority supports this I, idea I mean, is is there still and i know we get two more matches which we'll talk about the the, the big main event because mm-hmm. of the, the same thing but is is this the kind of stuff where people are like oh man i i love the days of uh you know the attitude air or ecw and the i do stuff. think you're getting a little bit of that here but but i mean aren't like you know like have those people like pretty much gone away i mean how many of those people are going to come back to wrestling i mean they say those people have moved on to well, but yeah. I think that I think a lot of them are the people who are following the internet. You know, that's the internet wrestling crowd. That's the independent crowd. That's yeah. who's following people who do death matches on on the indies and CCW, and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah that sort yeah. of stuff. That's that's where people are. Those people have gravitated to. And now I will say that Tony Khan has said uh, outright that pay per view, or I'm sorry, hardcore style matches and whatnot will not be a regular occurrence in AEW. They'll happen, but first yeah. of all, they're never happening on a normal weekly television show. Nope. They're, and they're only going to happen on pay per view or a similar thing like this Fighter Fest was not quite a pay per view because it was free, but that style of thing. And he's like, and they're not happening all the time. So don't expect. And I think that's good in the long run too, because they shouldn't happen all the time because if they happen all the time, you, you lose the intensity of when they happen. Yeah. It's just not important. It's like having a pay-per-view where you force people into steel cages all the time, or, you know, where you make them use weapons or something. It's, it's almost like you have to find a reason for the gimmick to make sense. Yeah. Because instead of being a blow off for the feud, it's the feud just never ends. Yeah. Well, it used to be, it used to be the blow off back in the day. Yep. All right, uh, the six-man tag action, the elite, Kenny Omega, Matt, and Nick J- uh, Jackson defeating the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, and Laredo Kid. Um, amazing. It was fantastic. I-, I was blown away by the athleticism in this. The entrances were super fun. If you're a Street Fighter fan, you should you should check it out because the 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 entrance for the, the elite was just fantastic. They did a playoff of Ryu Ken and Akuma from Street Fighter, and it's super fun. Um, the match itself, high energy, tons of spots, lots of great wrestling. Yeah, there was some crazy stuff that should have ended matches, you know, here and there. Happens all the time, especially in Young Bucks matches. Because everybody's got to get their spots in at the right. end. Well, in tag matches, sometimes I'm more forgiving because, you know, you haven't absorbed as much punishment uh, throughout the whole match as you would have in a singles match, plus somebody can save you. You know, so I'll forgive yeah. that sometimes. Um, but really, I, 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 I don't think at any point did I sit back and go, oh, God, really? 
I think the whole time I was just entertained. And that's a fine line to walk with matches like this. But it was a really, really fun match. Kenny Omega seemed to hint uh, after the match that, and they got the win. Yeah. Um, he seemed to hint after the match that he wants to wrestle Pentagon again like they did it all in. So uh, that would be, that'd, that'd be fine. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that if they do that. Right, so the longest match of the night, uh, almost 21 minutes. And, and I, which I think is a, is a fine length for a match because because some of the like why well, I do like enjoy like the NXT shows and I enjoyed the last takeover like and I hope AEW doesn't go down this route but I hope like twenty is about where they leave it at I mean time limit or not because there's so much story you can tell where it gets to a point where you're like come on already uh, I think yes and no I think it depends on how invested you are in it. Um, because, like, you know, I know what you're referring to. You're referring to, like, Adam Cole and Joe, Johnny Gargano who yes. are wrestling 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. Well, now, first of all, I'd like to point out that you're you're a guy who grew up in the day of the Broadway, you know, the 60-minute <laughs> Broadways with Ric Flair and this, that, and the other thing. So the idea that a 30-minute match is too long is a little silly. Secondly, those guys are, like, the cream of the crop of NXT, and, I mean, it's supposed to be this big, huge, you know, uh, clash. And, again... I feel like if you're if you watch weekly and you're invested in the characters, I feel like you're more forgiving. Whereas if you tune in periodically and watch them, you're not gonna. You, it's harder to latch in for a long period. Well, I mean, the investment is different, and it's a little different in NXT because of the structuring of the shows, right? And stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you know, but the days of Broadway, I mean, those matches did tell the story. You yeah. Know, with, with with you know, and and the pacing was different. I mean, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like you know, but it wasn't like you had. You know the finisher after finisher to get to the sixty minute match. Right. It, it, that's what some of the cases here where it's like, oh, it's over. And that's well, not, see now, to, over, but to not. me, the sixty minute broad is. I'll go back and watch the sixty minute flare matches now, and they bore the life out of me. And, and some I of mean, them are. I, I'll, I'll agree and with I understand it was a different age of wrestling and yeah. whatnot. And uh, it's, but I mean, these guys will do big moves, but I mean, they'll work towards the finisher after finisher. That's towards the end of the match. And I mean, so you know, you're getting close to the end. It's at a certain point. At a certain at a certain point, <laughs> I do agree. Sometimes they're a little longer than necessary, Cause, but cause I feel the, like not every show needs to be. Because because UK Takeover show the Pete Dunn match, and I forget who you wrestled. Where you're just like uh, Walter? Yeah, uh, no, before that. Oh, before, before that. that uh, oh, 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 coffee. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's just like okay, you know, it was a great match, but like. You know, we, it we did could, go on a little long. You know, we could probably you know it did, dial, it did dial go on a little long. But yeah. I mean, it was the it, we gotta remember that was the blow off for their feud. So I mean, yeah. that's that's but what it you wasn't end a up steel with. cage. How do I know it was a blow off? I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Where are the chairs, John? Come on, they were in the next match. Oh, that, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then oh, one match left on the card. Yeah, that was what I meant. Oh, the main event of the evening. <laughs> kind of, not really. I mean, sort of. But yeah, it closed out the they show. They called so. it the unofficial main event of the evening because well, it was right. unsanctioned. The non-sanctioned match. Yeah. John Moxley. I've never heard of that guy before. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, he looks a lot like Dean Ambrose. And uh, take a defeating Joey Janela, my boy. Look, let's just. All right, I'm just going to tell you right now. This was the. This was a hardcore match. Um, there was barbed wire. There was uh, thumbtacks. There was tables. There was ladders. There, I mean, this was a hardcore match. John and was a happy boy. John <laughs> was a happy boy. Um, it, they were going out of their way. I don't think they'll do these all the time, but I think since this was Dean's first, John's, I'm sorry, first match getting out of WWE, yeah. I think that he... I think that he really wanted to emphasize... This is not Dean Ambrose. This is 
John Moxley. This is who I was before I was Dean Ambrose, and you need to be, you know, more. You need reminder. To, you need to, yeah, you need to be reminded of who I am. And, and the people who weren't familiar with that who followed him over going, oh, my gosh. Like, oh, he where's was this in, guy been? I mean, like, but I got to tell you, he came across more like a quote-unquote lunatic fringe in this match than he did almost in the entire run of his lunatic fringe character. It, you know, because I, I, he was one of my favorites, and that was, I guess, the frustrating thing where I always felt like, Something held him back, and mm-hmm. it wasn't him. It was just how they handled him because he wasn't Dean. He wasn't. It's because he was he John wrong. Moxley through a filter. He wasn't John Moxley, <laughs> yeah. you know. And it's and I think that's part of the biggest problem that that he had over there. And that's I think it's a problem a lot of guys have there. Uh, they're running through the filter of Vince McMahon and the creative team, and that's not working for a lot of these guys because they're watering down the characters and not making them. So they're not as passionate. About, I mean, like he said in his interview with Jericho, he's like, "I'll do the best I can with what I have," but the problem is when it's crap. You, you can only do so. It's like I've said before. You know, you can polish up a turd as nice as you want. It's still a turd. Yeah. You know, it, it depends on you know what they're given to work with, and having some freedom to work here kind of works for these guys, at least for now. Again, this is until the we got to see what happens when they get a weekly program going. They got to, but I mean, two for two. I'm I'm pleased with both shows they put on so far. Good, good. Uh, so here's some numbers for you. They they sold about 4,200 tickets to the show. They had about 5,000 attendees. Okay. Uh, for for it was a small venue, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say it wasn't a big place. Yeah, it was the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, so it's not like a place that's gonna do that. Um, on Bleacher, which uh, which I need to go check it out there, they've had about uh, three hundred fifty thousand unique viewers in total to the viewing, but they averaged at about one hundred forty thousand. Yeah, but three hundred fifty unique, uh, three hundred fifty thousand unique is just in the U.S. Yeah, that's yeah. not accounting enter international uh, viewers. Correct. And those were buys, which had about fourteen thousand internet buys. Yeah. So I, I don't know how much uh, AEW gets a part of that, but uh, you know that that's well. They said for uh, I was reading comparisons for this with other companies and whatnot, and they said for a company just starting out, they said those are fantastic numbers. So, I mean, again, I'm kind of just rolling this off of things I'm reading online as far as comp- comparable yeah. shows and, and, and businesses and whatnot. Um, where'd you say it was held again? Uh, is at the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. So not too far from Jacksonville. The Ocean Center? Yeah. I'm trying Which, to see if I get a seat count in there real quick and figure out how many uh, how many people. Uh, theater seating is 9,312, but that obviously doesn't yeah, make consideration do. for what's blocked off uh, yeah. for production. And everything else. Okay, so the pro- the place was probably a little less than completely packed. Yeah. But I also don't think this show, I mean, first of all, it didn't have nearly the publicity of. No, it was low key because yeah. I, I was like. Yeah, you didn't even know it was Because you're posting about it. I'm like, oh, this is one of those like yeah. shows. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, holy crap. It's, you you know. know. And not to mention the fact that, I mean, like, and we, you know, some people pointed to that as like, oh, they couldn't sell out their second show and it was only X amount of tickets they needed to sell. And it's like, all right, guys, but they brought in almost as many people as uh, Stomping Grounds did. And yeah, a lot more money went into promoting stomping grounds. I can tell you that. Yeah. And on top of which, we, again, that show was kind of small. Whereas this is like almost, almost a televised house show, which is not something they're doing, but just comparable to Double or Nothing or All Out. Yeah, this is more like a house show. Double or Nothing again already sold out, and I mean All Out. I'm sorry, All Out is already yeah. sold out. So I mean that's it's not like they're having a hard time selling tickets to their big shows. Yeah, and this will be interesting. Is uh, fight for the fallen coming up, and that's the same uh, same night as the uh, WXC. Yeah, Vol apparently event. WWE announced that afterwards, and a lot of people are seeing that as a direct like you know. And it's it is not unusual for WWE to do that sort of thing. Yeah, this goes back to like the A's. I will say this, and the difference is like WWE now with the streaming, like you can just you can watch this show and then go watch that show. Yeah, there is no like. Yeah. 
you have to watch it and just avoid well, but the it internet. just depends with with fighter with a uh, fight for the fallen. I don't know what their streaming is going to be like. I don't know where it's going to be available. I don't know how it's going to replay. Blah 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 blah. And replays are great, but you got to remember everybody wants numbers to have right away. Yeah. To say this is how many people watched us. You know. So I tell you what, the one thing I'm going to be interested in if that night, if the Evolve show or Fight for the Fallen are trending more on oh. on Twitter and yeah. Facebook and all that to see who's getting more. Uh, more attention that night. Now, Evolve's not necessarily an indicator of WWE interest, but it'll just be but interesting you, since it's a have, WWE associated show. Yeah, NXT guys in there and stuff. And all right, so um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and then when we come back, we're going to talk to you a little bit about uh, well, I guess Monday and uh, Raw, Monday and SmackDown, Raw and SmackDown from this past week, and um, some influence from uh, the new executive creative directors or whatever their titles are. Uh, Mr. Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff. So stick around for that. Remember to contact the guys at ESPR at FM99.com with all your comments, topics, and thoughts. But please, keep the fan fiction to yourselves. You can also follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Just search ESPR99. And we're back, and we're going to discuss Monday Night Raw and SmackDown from this week. We'll go ahead and start with SmackDown because it's less important simply because we know that we've got the new creative forces in control. Paul Heyman on Monday Night Raw and Eric Bischoff on SmackDown. These are real creative control positions. They're not storyline. They're not, you know, yeah, just for no on the camera goes. or anything. Yeah. This is real. And supposedly people are pretty high on the fact that Heyman's going to be running Raw. I guess some people have mixed feelings about Bischoff running SmackDown. Um, I think both guys are a step up from what they've been doing. Yeah. Because both guys are creative dudes. They have different ideas. And they were both at one time guys who helped revolutionize the business. And and, and Heyman, obviously, who, who's there all the time, and Bischoff still watches it because he does way. Oh, he still follows the yeah. product. So, yeah. so you know, he's he's probably sees a lot that they could do, and especially probably looking back what he's done in the last couple of years. At the what, very, yeah. I heard Jr. Uh, talk about this the other day when he heard about them coming on, and he said, "Just give them the ball and let them run with it." He goes, yeah. I, "Don't let the, don't make them go through committees. Don't make them like Vince needs to just let them run the show." Yeah. Um, he was like, because. They can't screw it up. He goes, they they literally can't screw this up. Yeah. He goes, it's been going so poorly for a while now that there's nowhere to go but up at this point. It'll change things up. It'll freshen things up. Just let them do their thing. Um, now, one thing I have here is this is, okay, and this is where it kind of, we had the wild card rule, which is dumb enough to begin with because it meant yeah. four people could go back and forth, blah, 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 blah. Now it's just whoever the hell feels like it. Literally, yeah. that lasted all of one week, I think. Yeah, exactly. And then now it's just like we're on one roster again. If we're going to be one roster, be one roster. But if we're going to be two rosters, then we need to actually – there needs to be some definition there because it's weird to have the idea that Heyman's going to be running Raw and Bischoff's going to be running SmackDown. How are they supposed to tell continuous storylines with the same characters on both shows? Yeah, yeah, the booking's got to got to be the it's same. It's not going to so. be it's not going to match up yeah. in that regard. So, I don't know. We'll see how that works. Um, but I will say this SmackDown came and went, it was okay. Um, the the highlight of the show for me was when Kevin Owens is hosting the Kevin Owens show. He's out there with Shane O'Mac and Drew McIntyre and he's actually playing kind of a good guy role, a babyface role. He's calling Shane out and Drew on their stuff. And then all of a sudden he gets interrupted by Dolph Ziggler when they're discussing, you know, certain topics. And Dolph comes out and, and KO just has a fantastic reply right away. Uh, here, go ahead and take a listen. No, no, no. No, no, no. This is not how it's going down. No, no yeah, no. All you know what? You. No, 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 no. You're not 
want you to come out here and talk about how it should have been you. It should have been me. It should have been you. It should have been you. It should have, yeah, it should have been you. It should have been you eight years ago, and it was kind of, then it wasn't, and it's not going to be again, and it's not going to happen. Just get over it. And I think I, uh, it was passionate. Now? <laughs> it, it, it seems that way. They're rushing him back to a face, which, you know, in reality, probably the best move because they only rushed him into the role of a heel because they needed somebody for Kofi Kingston all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm just... Because people would cheer him. He could talk. Oh, absolutely. Well, do you listen to the reaction he got there yeah. when he made those comments? I mean, the crowd was behind him. I, he's a dude that people can get behind if you let him be him again. Yep. You know, it gets back to that. Now, SmackDown, SmackDown's not going to change much till after Extreme Rules. Reportedly, Bischoff isn't going to have a lot of control there until after Extreme Rules. So we'll kind of revisit that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, the pay-per-view's in a little over a week, so we don't have long to wait. Raw, on the other hand, had a lot of things on there that were apparently part of Heyman's plan. He's already got a lot of control at this point. Um, the Street Profits being up there were a Heyman call. Apparently, he's very high on them. Now, I thought the segment with them in it was kind of dumb. I, it was, yeah, kind of, what, it was like Public Enemy-esque. Or, a little, uh, yeah, you, a you, little. You know, a it little. Was like, I was like, I don't know if that's the best way. It almost like, like reminded me of Crime Time a little bit. A little know? bit, which I don't love. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm hopeful that this goes somewhere with them. Now, this being said, this sucks for NXT because the reason that the War Raiders had to drop the, I'm sorry, the um, Viking Raiders yeah, had Viking to drop Raiders. the tag team titles <laughs> so abruptly uh, and just leave them is because they got called up without any head without a heads up to the yeah. main roster. And now if that's happening with the Street Profits after they just won the titles, it's like, holy crap, can we get our tag division on on, you know, on par, please? Get it going? Yeah, they're taking their good teams. Um, and, I mean, there's more teams there to build around, but they're just the point is we just put up the Street Profits to be the top team exactly. right now. Yeah, so yeah. you got to give us time to get other teams ready. Um, this is how you're going to rush the Forgotten Sons into a tag title reign that they don't need and won't help them at that point in any event uh, other things on raw that were Heyman's influence bobby lashley braun Strowman, that going through the barricade thing i i liked it it was kind of a chaotic touch the one thing i wish had happened, and you mentioned this when we were not we're off break, yeah um you wish that they'd kept the lights off for the whole show and i'm with you because i think that would have been a unique yeah. look it would have or like fix it during the show where have like, people out there fixing it yeah, yeah, yeah. something yeah, not like, just all of a sudden it's working again which in the old wwe's it would have been like um you know the lights come on during like a match yeah and all of a sudden and then somebody gets distracted and it gets rolled up like that right. would have happened which actually like could have played a part in something <laughs> they could have used something like it but i mean just having them off alone would have been attention grab yeah and, and it kind of know? did a little bit now on hulu they cut off like the viking raiders entrance so i didn't get to see like any of that stuff so i don't know like if the next match was affected, but like the next match was affected thing. like for an entrance or something yeah. like that, and that was it. Um, I agree with you. I would have kept them off the whole time, but I mean, it's a small gripe. I still thought it was it was kind of a cool opening to the show, just yeah. having that happen. Um, he also was apparently very involved in the Maria Kellis, Canellis, uh, Mike Canellis, or Mike Bennett now is what he's calling himself on Twitter again. Uh-huh. Um, he's. Which people kind of were like, whoa, that was uncomfortable because they challenged Seth and Becky to a tag match, basically. And then Becky goes after Maria, who begs off and says that she's pregnant. So she kind of leaves Mike high and dry, who just gets his ass kicked. And then the storyline afterwards is that she's telling him he's not a man. And the next time she wants to get knocked up, she might as well just call Becky, you know, and... (laughs) Which was pretty, because then when she when she actually posted her, her pregnancy oh, results yeah, online, yeah. Becky tweeted out a thing that was just yeah. like, you're welcome. Or yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty great. Um, but in any event, 
People thinking it's awkward, and they're like, oh, what are they doing, Mike Bennett? Der, 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 der. Okay, well, first of all, just a couple of weeks ago, this you weren't even watching him. Don't lie. You yeah. weren't. He was on 205 Live, and you weren't paying attention. Secondly, if if it's true that Heyman is really high on Bennett and Canellis, okay, if it's true that he's really high on the two of them, this is just the beginning of a push that's coming Bennett's way because this storyline will end up going somewhere, whether that means it splits the two of them up or it's some kind of long arcing thing or whatever, whatever it is. If you think that this is the beginning of him being buried, you're wrong because that's not what Heyman will do to a guy he likes. Yeah, and the fact that uh, he was on Raw, you, you know. Ooh, Heyman? No, I mean – Mike Canellis. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, I mean the segment and the fact that you know he's he's in a segment with two champions. Yeah, uh, is a huge step up from where he's been. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know he's he's already making strides forward. And yeah, maybe it was an awkward start, but maybe it's supposed to be awkward and it's yeah. going to tell a longer story. So let's wait and see what yeah, happens. I'm, he's the guy you want to pull for, and and yeah. just it just you know as long as they could well, make I, us care. He's worked really hard on the independence and stuff, and after his drug addiction and everything, and the problems he's fought through to to kind of remain where he is, and he's got himself back in shape, yeah. and he's. You really want to pull for the guy. You really, really do. And Maria's hot, so I always want to be on her side. So, in any event, I'm hoping good things come their way. Um, I was looking for this thing to oh, there, when Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley went through the lighting section. Yeah, uh, Corey Graves let out a uh, certain statement. Uh, I believe it went something along. Dave, get the bleep ready. Right. I believe it went something along the lines of "Holy shit!" <laughs> so, um, apparently, that line was scripted. Which I don't care if well, it was scripted well, it probably, or not. Probably need to be approved. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, I don't really care that it was scripted. That's not. That doesn't bother me too much. Um, I but, guess why? Why would it matter if it's scripted or not? It's again they're pushing. They're, this seems to be that again that reminder, and the, even the Maria Canellas thing and yeah. all that. They're pushing towards a little bit of an edgier product. They're trying to get away from the ho ho hum boring storylines. They're trying to give you a yeah. little edge. Yeah, I mean it's still PG, but you but you just you know. It's it's like the movies like they're cartoon movies, but like the adults get the jokes, right? Um, I did think it was fun. The fans already appreciated. It. I mean, the, this raw. If you looked online, people were way more into this raw than they yeah. had been in a long time. Um, so uh, the six man match, I, I thought, you know, which is weird now. Well, so as the show it, went it, on, it, it, the it was less. Raiders, are the Vikings Raiders? Heels Vikings now? Raiders. The Viking experienced Raiders, <laughs> whatever the hell they are. <laughs> The Viking experienced Raiders. Um, I don't know, dude. Do we even know? Are we supposed to know? Or are I, they just- I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I thought they looked good against the New Day and stuff. So yeah, I just wish they hadn't lost so soon. The New Day lost the match. Wait, did they? Yeah, it was did some, I get Samoa Joe. Uh, You're right. How yeah, did, yeah, how did I choked that out. Uh, That's right. Choked out Kofi. Kofi. Yeah, I forgot about that. You're right. I'm sorry. Well, then they didn't lose. So scratch what <laughs> I just said. I <laughs> brain fart. <laughs> Um, no, Samoa Joe did get the win. That's right. Yeah. Uh, with the coquina, which, clutch, which, he needed a which he did need. And I'm going to be really honest with you. He needs to dominate this week too. He needs to not on SmackDown a little bit. Kofi kind of gave him the finger and then gave him trouble in paradise, which is a little edgy. Uh, but I don't, again, you just took all Joe's heat away. Yeah. So he, he needs to dominate this whole week. If you want him to be a believable threat against Kofi, which by the way, I'm just calling it now, whether it happens at this pay-per-view or following one, Joe is beating Kofi for that title. You think it's going to happen? I, well, it, it, it after the changes now, because because I had a feeling if if we never got Eric Bischoff, Kofi was going to retain that title until Shane McMahon beat him for it. So, I, oh God, I hate you for saying that. <laughs> um, but we knew that's where that was going. And I think it's the first thing Eric probably says, nope, not happening. In any event, Raw felt a little different. Um, it did have a different vibe in in general. I mean, it wasn't huge, it wasn't massive. But again, I think with that, I think more of these changes are going to be coming in as the weeks go, and especially after Extreme Rules. 
where we'll start noticing some differences. Yeah, I'm happy. Maybe the Miz getting some momentum back because, holy crap, did they take everything away from him. Why is The Undertaker in this situation, though? I'm going to ask you this because in the show last week, I was like, well, he just came back. and Dude, I don't know. Why are you asking me? I have no clue. <laughs> Um, because they need a reason to get Shane or to get uh, Roman cheered. I, I don't. I, I have no idea. I mean, he does have a connection with Shane McMahon, so Shane going around calling himself best in the world does kind of lend itself. I mean, he did cut that promo. It does kind of lend itself to him being like, uh, you know, you lost against me. Uh, yeah. You can't be the best in the world. Um, but I just don't. But but why not at this point bring up somebody else that could use the rub? I mean, unless it's the rub for Roman and not the rub for somebody who Well, needs because it. I think that's part of the problem with having Vince McMahon running the creative is that we lean back on these old war horses instead of looking to new people, which is one of the things I'm hopeful for with guys like Heyman who have interest in guys like Ricochet, like uh, Mike uh, Bennett, like the Street Profits, like, you know what I mean? Guys he's really hopeful about. And yeah. apparently the locker room, the atmosphere in the locker room last week was way better I'm sorry, on Monday was way better as well because people, I guess Heyman gets along with all the guys yeah. uh, in the locker room and all the guys and the girls in the locker room, and they're all really hopeful that, that this means that things are going to start changing. And, and maybe you say, like, why not like Finn Balor? Now, I know Finn and Drew had some matches, and they were okay. They, now, they, see, uh, for me, I wouldn't go Finn. Finn would be one of the last people I'd do simply because at this point, WWE has absolutely no, and I mean no reason not to put Finn with the club that is now reformed. He's not doing a damn thing. That should happen. When was the last time we I, we referenced the IC title? Maybe, maybe, maybe that's why they're kind of waiting on this story to develop, and then maybe they can lead into that. I, I would love to see that because I thought about that, and I'm like, well, maybe they're going to do that in SmackDown. Obviously, he, it wasn't there, but you know, whatever show he's on. I, don't I know. would love to see Finn finally turn heel yeah. and join the club and make the club an actual unit. I yeah, think that'd yeah. be really yeah, good. That was the other thing we got on Raw was uh, yeah, the club finally uh, reforming. Yeah, which is weird because uh, on the WWE website, the club reformed, you know, which is they were never in the WWE uh, as that. But, well, uh, I mean, yeah, I they, mean, were, they, they were because they were AJ and uh, the them were doing the whole hashtag beat up John Cena thing. Yeah, yeah, but they so, kind of, I mean, but they were kind of like, well, I'm not like you're not working with me, but we are kind of thing. I mean, they know? were. It wasn't, you know, they it was were. whatever. Yeah. Um, in any event, I don't know. I'm hopeful for Raw. We'll see yeah. what happens with SmackDown. Uh, I'm more interested to watch Raw than I have been in a long time. So that's a good thing. And then post-Extreme Rules, I, I'm, I'm hoping things get a little more. We start seeing some energy coming back yeah, to the product. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, they can finish some stories. They can tweak some mm-hmm. de-tweaking and start some new ones. Yep. So in any event, that's episode 107 this week. 107. Good wow. Lord. Yeah. You know what that means. We're like, we're slowly. We're, we're two years into this. We're two years into this, man. Yeah. Slowly but surely, we've crept on to, for two years yeah. of this program. Yeah, it's amazing. that's amazing to me. It is a long time. Didn't we hit a year uh, a year ago? No. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, when how about that? when uh, was Eric even here for a year, or was he gone by the time we hit a year? I, I think he's he's been gone. So he just comes on wow. to interview Chris Jericho and every once in a while he just dusts <laughs> it off. Yeah. Um, in any event, so yeah, over two years of podcasting mediocrity. Yeah. Which is great. By the way, speaking of, not to give other podcasts a shout, but Don't, how dare you? But if you want to listen to something, uh, the moment with uh, Brian. Uh, Koppelman, the guy who does the Billionaire Show, great interview with Becky Lynch. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, outstanding interview. It's about an hour long, uh, talking about the early days and stuff. He's the guy who produced the Billionaire's TV show, and uh, like he didn't know her, but he's a wrestling fan, and he just randomly, like one of their fan fest things, like he said that, like, yeah, I want her on my show, and then so that <laughs> so that's how they kind of got together and. 
Interesting. Yeah, and the dude just uh, the dude. <laughs> the Brian is all about uh, the man, but it's a it's a great interview. Uh, first time I heard the guy. He doesn't always talk about wrestling because I think he's interviewed. Um, he's a big Mick Foley fan from back in the day. Fair and, enough. And stuff, and that's uh, where he goes. But uh, yeah, so worth checking that out if you want to listen to another podcast that's not ours. You shouldn't. Uh, after, um, after you go through all of our episodes. That's right. After you go through all 107 of our episodes. So until <laughs> next week, uh, remember, we can find us on Facebook.com slash ESPR99 on the Twitter at ESPR99. It's a, it's a preview next week. It is a preview extreme next week, which makes preview. this the preview preview. What is extreme? Uh, I mean, like, well, I have to look at the card, what the extreme matches well, are. Who cares? I'm not worried about it right now. We'll worry about <laughs> it next week when we preview the episode. Uh, so Bring until a ladder. Next week. For no reason. Yeah, that'll happen. Until next week, remember to eat, sleep, <laughs> podcast, and repeat extreme. <laughs>